0: To the Under the Lights podcast, I am your host, Kyle Parmley, the sports editor at Starnes Media, joined by my friend Gary Lloyd. We're here to talk high school football. Gary, the regular season is over. It is time to get the playoffs cranked up. I hope you are as excited as I am for all this.
1: I am almost as excited about the playoffs as I am to be your friend, Kyle. I am happy to be here.
0: And then it's like over the moon, right?
1: Over the moon. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, hey, I'd love to hear both of those because the playoffs are going to be a lot of fun this year. I have uh, not been this excited for a playoff stretch in a long time. Um, so here we go. Let's start off recapping last week's football games. A lot of our teams were off, um, but it's the last week of the regular season. We had a handful of games. We had a few on Thursday, a few on Friday. Let's start with the Thursday night games. We'll start with Mountain Brook making a long drive to Mobile. They take on Baker and lay the smackdown, down 41-7 over a 7A playoff team. Mountain Brook goes up 27-0 at halftime and cruises. Man, that was an impressive win for the Spartans.
1: Yeah, I mean, you said it was a long trip, but that was a long trip well worth it. You know, just a, a really good tune-up for the playoffs, if you can call it a tune-up against, a, a like you said, a 7-8 playoff team. Like, I know Baker's 4-6, and six, but, you know, you win four region games and they got in. So, yeah, a big win, and it was really good to see, you know, just how well that passing game worked. So they they were all over the field and just really good again in all all three phases. So another nice win for the Spartans.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, really good because Mountain Brook was coming off a tough loss. Baker was coming off, like, best win of the year. So, really impressive win for Mountain Brook. Uh, the game that I went to on Thursday night, Spain Park makes a trip to Pelham. Spain Park wins 35-14. to 14, And, I mean, they dominated this game. It was really nice to see the Jags not making the playoffs this year. We've talked about uh, the first year under Tim Bacacus and all that. Uh, really nice to see. they They split time. They had some of the, the old guard and the new guys getting to split a lot of time. Senior quarterback Evan Smallwood, freshman quarterback Brock Bradley. They alternated possessions all night. Offense didn't skip a beat. Uh, really nice to see the Jags go out on top. And uh, yeah, this you know you want to make the playoffs, but ending the season with a win against a good Pelham team is is a good thing for them.
1: Yeah, and it seemed like in a way, you know, I don't know what you saw from Pelham. If they've had, you know, I know they've had some injuries. I don't know if they're resting guys for playoffs or what. But regardless, uh, it seemed like everything. And kind of came together for Spain Park you know the the offense made big plays defense you know not only played well cuz we've seen them play really well but they capitalized they forced those turnovers and you know just in 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 the season like that you know with the guys they've got coming back uh, I expect you know bigger and brighter things for Spain Park moving forward
0: Yeah me too um Vestavia Hills goes to Helena Vestavia wins 44-24 That Rebels offense, man, they're so good right now and they showed it again.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think I, I was I was digging at stats Thursday night. I guess I got a little bored not having a game, so I uh, know Braves to watch in the World Series. So right. uh, I was uh, I was looking at some stats, and I and I saw that uh, the stavia ended this regular season with 347 uh, total points, so 34.7 a game. And uh, as far back as I could tell, that was a school record for total points in a regular season. You know, 1998 they end up with nearly 500 points cuz they went 15 and 0 won the state title right. but uh, i think they had 317 points that regular season so yeah like you said just a another huge offensive performance john paul head and company just you know they they just run the ball up and down the field and uh, you know we'll we'll see if that if that defense can really lock in as as we get into the playoffs and if that offense can can really continue you know marching up and down the field and getting off to those hot starts that they've been getting off to
0: Yeah, they're going to need to keep doing that. Uh, All right, let's move on to some Friday action. Uh, Let's talk about the game you were at, Gary. Uh, Briarwood hosts Fairhope, uh, final game of the regular season. Fairhope wins this one 44-22. But as you wrote in your game story, this this was more about this was the last night for this Briarwood senior class and uh, getting to send them off the right way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't have said it better than you just did. I mean, you know, you want to win the game, but – you know you're playing a, a a ranked 7A playoff team you know during a down year that that that's a tough send off for any school in that position but you know it was it was bittersweet you know it was it was sad to see them lose like, you know but you know after the game the the field was full you know like it you know Matthew Forster the head coach said it after the game you know You guys aren't defined by, you know, as one team, you know, as seniors, you know, you're a class, you know, it's four years, you know, it's not just tonight. It's the culmination of, you know, 40 plus games that these guys have played together. And, you know, just on the field, I I, I joked with someone on the sidelines, watching Fairhope's, uh, I guess, scheme offensively, their quarterback, I mean, just dink and dump. And they were getting six, seven, eight yards, like every single play. And it looked like they were just like, okay, we'll run it to the right side this time. And this time we'll run it to the left. And I joked with somebody that their quarterback was going to end up 30 of 32 for like 160 yards, you know, just, just crazy completion percentage, but not a ton per reception. And he goes 28 of 30 for 172. And I was like, I mean, hey, head coaches off season, y'all got any OC openings, you know, my DMs are open. So uh, it, it was it was funny. But, you know, um, for Briarwood, yeah, it, it was bittersweet, but it was it was a fun night, you know, just to. I'm glad I got to be a part of it. You know, I, I don't think it's any secret that, that I really like going there, and I like the people there and covering that program. You just feel so welcome. And, uh, yeah, it's it's, it's tough any, anytime you see a senior class go, and, you know, especially guys you've gotten to know over the course of four years. So,
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right, another Friday night game. Homewood takes a trip to Jasper. Homewood comes out with a 38-20 victory. Game wasn't really that close. Uh, Woods Ray throws five touchdowns. And that Patriots offense has been that passing attack is so good.
1: Yeah. I mean, wh- he goes over what, 2000 yards, and uh, it was like almost 19 yards per c- completion. They're just explosive right now. So I, I know uh, head coach Ben Bergeson said it after the game, you know, they want to get that running game going a little bit, you know, November football, you know, about to be in the playoffs. So, but as long as that passing game is that electric, I mean, my gosh, you know, Stick with what you know, you know, so that's that's really good to see. And, you know, they remain just as dangerous a team in 6A as anybody. And it's still weird to me that they're in the south part. You know, I guess I I guess the like equator on north and south is like the Birmingham Zoo because they're like a half a degree latitude south of like Mountain Brook High School so i'm like we're that close to Mountain Brook being in the south so i, I don't know but we'll we'll see how that shakes out for them come playoff time but yeah just another just complete really good win for Homewood
0: final game and recap on friday good to see John Carroll get a 28 to 12 win over Maplesville that's the Cavs third win of the year they cap off the season with two straight so hey hopefully that'll uh, that'll set them on a positive path heading into the offseason
1: Yeah, I mean, just a huge game from Carson McFadden. I mean, I think he had nearly 400 yards of total offense by himself. You know, I think he threw for – just over 200 ran for almost 200 just, yeah. And, and, doing it against, you know, we wondered last week, you know, talking about a 5A team against a, a really good, you know, 1A team, what that looked like matchup wise. And, you know, that's a, that's a really good win. And John Carroll ending the season with two straight road wins. That's, that's, you know, it's sweet to end a year like that in a year, that's been pretty tough.
0: Absolutely. And that's uh, that was week 10 of the high school football season. That wraps up the regular season Uh for, some teams it's to the playoffs for some teams it's off to the winter to, uh, either try to get back next year or go play basketball, which we have several that'll do both of those. Um, but all right, Gary, well, on a serious note, give me a takeaway from the, from the final week of the regular season that you saw. Uh,
1: my, my takeaway is definitely, uh, Briarwood Christian and, and specifically Christopher Vezina, the Clemson bound quarterback. You know, we've talked about him for four years, been covering him for four years. And, uh, You know, he threw for a career high Friday night against Fairhope. It was the first time he's actually exceeded 300 yards passing in his career. He goes for 329, and it was like nobody noticed, or more than likely, what's more accurate is nobody cared, you know, like, and that's what I love about – what I have loved about covering him specifically is that, you know, when people talk about him, they don't talk about some – deep throw or some bruising run or, you know, the stats that he put up or, you know, people want to know about Clemson. Sure. But they talk about his impact, you know, about advice he gave, you know, Some other kid that's, you know, four or five years younger than him or even younger than that about not about football, not about how to throw a football or how to hold the laces right or any of that, but about adjusting to high school or, you know, potentially, you know, dealing with a tough situation in school, bullying, whatever it might be. Um, And that's just really refreshing to see. You know, uh, we, we get we get lost a lot of times in stats and gamers and box scores and matchups and stuff like that, because that's what we do. But it's, it's really cool to see a guy like that, especially a guy of that stature of that notoriety, you know, really using that platform for the greater good. So, uh, you know, that, that's been my takeaway from for him for a couple of years. But uh, it, it's nice to, you know, really kind of solidify that with that last game.
0: Yeah, that's good stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss covering uh, Christopher and and the rest of that senior class. Just a, a lot of really good people over there at Briarwood, like you said. Um, I'll give you one uh, from what I saw on Thursday. Spain Park. Um, we've mentioned the, the the struggle that it's been uh, this year and the past few years for that program. Quite honestly, um, but I'm telling you right now, Tim Vacak is if anybody's gonna get them back to where they want to be, he's gonna be the guy to do it. Um, I was really impressed. Um, with just getting to talk to him pregame and the things that he's been talking about and, and harping on all year um when let's just say like you know you get you get to a point as a as a program where you just you're tired of losing and you decide to do something about it and I think they're pretty close to that um so we'll see where that go, that takes them going forward I'm excited about freshman quarterback Brock Bradley he's uh he's got quite an arm and uh, as he matures and, and grows into that role that'll probably be his next year um, they're gonna they're gonna do some damage one of these days
1: I think so and I, you know it's kind of like he told me after after they played Hewitt Trustful, you know he he came back and found me you know he was like I want to add one more quote if I can and he was just like you know it's about moving the needle and he said once that needle gets moved forward he said we ain't going backward and he he just you know you just believe it when he says it and you know he he talks the talk but he seems really seems to walk the walk
0: absolutely all right so next up let's go into our player of the week voting We've got we've, we've kind of kept a consistent theme a few weeks. This week, we're going all quarterbacks. So I'm about to run down some players of the week, candidates for you. Uh, once you get done watching this podcast, go to my Twitter page at Parmley to vote for who you think should be the Under the Lights Player of the Week. And uh, Gary's vote is also for sale if you are so inclined. But, hey, let's, uh, I've got four quarterbacks for you after this week. Let's start off Mountain Brook quarterback John Colvin. Uh, just a really efficient night 19 of 24, 272 yards, and three touchdowns to lead the Spartans over Baker. Homewood quarterback Woods Ray, 14 of 18, 259 yards, and five scores through the air. Great night for him. Uh, we talked about Christopher Vizina from Briarwood, a career high 329 yards on 29 of 45 passing, three total touchdowns for him. And then John Carroll quarterback Carson McFadden, 398 total yards and a couple scores. Uh, So a lot of great quarterback performances last week. Uh, Go to my Twitter page, at Kyle Parmley, to vote for who you think should be this week's Under the Lights Player of the Week. All right, Gary, playoff time. The first round of the playoffs is upon us. For our Under the Lights coverage area, we've got seven teams that made the postseason, six games to talk about this upcoming Friday night. We're going to start in 7A. The number four seed out of Region 3, Vestavia Hills, is traveling to Austin. The Black Bears win Region 4. Um, Austin's had a great season, 4-6 and last year. I covered their last game of the year, and uh, head coach Jeremy Perkins was telling me, these young guys, we're going to keep working, keep building. Well, they built straight into a region title this year. Um, But Vestavia's offense has been so good uh, this year, especially the second half of the season. I think it's going to be really hard for Austin to slow them down. Um, and, look, the Rebels' first time in the playoffs in, in a couple of years, so I will be up there for this one, and I am ready to go for it.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I, I love looking back at the historical parts of this. You know, Vestavia's 4-0 and all time against against Austin, and that average score has been, like, 29 to 5, something like that, you know, that has no bearing because those games were in uh, 1994, 95, 2001 and 2011. So it has no bearing. I just like looking at that stuff. But yeah, I mean, you kind of said it, you know, it, Vesavia Hills does not feel like a four seed, you know, I guess that's I guess that's region three for you. And, you know, coming, coming in hot, they're the kind of that trendy pick in a way, but I, I think you kind of said it, you know, as long as they start hot, like they have been and keep that offense rolling. I, I think maybe they've got just a little too much gas in the tank uh, for Austin, but you know, that, that defense is, is really going to have to show up. You know, they've, they've been opportunistic at times. They've been bend but don't break at times. Uh, I think Helena put, put up a lot of yards on them last week in, in that uh last game of the season for, for Helena. Um, so that's, you know, that's I guess a concern in a way, but you know, if there's, if there's a guy you want leading your program to improve the defense, come playoff time, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's Robert Evans and, you know, Sean Rainey leading that defense. So, uh, yeah, I, I think this could be an intriguing game. I do like Vestavia like you do. I think it has the potential to be a shootout. Um, but, you know, a, a really fun matchup. You know, and good to see Vestavia get back. And if if they can go up there and take care of business, you know, first first playoff win in seven years. So that that'd be a really big deal for the Rebels and that whole that whole community.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was there the last time Vestavia made the playoffs, and just a crushing loss. I believe it was at James Clemens. Um, so yeah, they'd like to uh, turn the tide on that result. Um, but all right, let's move on to another Region Three versus Four matchup: Hoover. The winner in Region 3 is going to host the four seed from Region 4, Bob Jones. Uh, The thing about Bob Jones, is, and there's the theme in Region 4 here, is Bob Jones could have very easily won the region. So it's not like Hoover's getting some team that barely snuck into the playoffs and isn't great. This Bob Jones team looks about as good as anybody in that region. However, Hoover's defense has pitched three shutouts in the last four games. They are an elite unit. I'm struggling to see how Bob Jones scores very much in this game. And uh, I think Hoover is going to is gonna be able to take this one.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, that defense is a brick wall. I, I think it's been eight points a game in the regular season, 82 total points, just insane. Um, but, yeah, you know, kind of like you said, you kind of uh, were going down a path that I was going to go down about Bob Jones. You know, they come in at five and five. And, you know, I know it's cliche with coaches and players and just anybody in sports to say you can't just look at the record, you know, throw the records out the window. But I really think you have to with Bob Jones, with that five and five record, you know, four of those five losses are by a combined 16 points. They, they lost the game games by seven, four, three and two. You know, you've, you've got to capitalize and win those games to not be five and five. But they're a touchdown away in all four of those games from. Also being nine and one and being a region champ, like you said, but and you know one of those that seven point loss was to Hartsel, which is a one of the best teams in the state in six A. So they they compete especially against you know some elite defenses as well. So they've been right there in every game uh, except for one. And we know Wade Waldrop, the Hoover head coach, you know having been at Florence for a year, uh, having been at uh, uh, James helping me out, James Clemens. Sorry, I get the I get I know, something about the names Bob Jones. James Clemens. Something about it sounding like a guy confuses me. Anyway, being at James Clemens, you know he's he's gone up against Bob Jones in the past. I, I think when I looked up his record against against Bob Jones, it's like three and six at those schools or something like that. So he knows a lot about that area and, and those teams. And you know he'll have his guys ready uh to to defend at the at the Hoover Met come Friday night.
0: All right, this next one, Hewitt Trustful, the three seed from Region Three, heading up to Florence who took the two-seed in uh, Region 4. So that game, that's going to be a long road trip for Hewitt-Trustful. Um, the thing I get from Hewitt-Trustful, just a really solid regular season. You know, their three losses are Central, Hoover, Thompson. I mean, arguably the three best teams in the entire state. So this Huskies team is – they're just kind of laying in the weeds. They don't have a lot of hype right now. But they've been – I mean, they, they've got the makeup of a really good football team. So this is a chance to – to get that started um, this Friday night on a playoff run. So we'll see. I, I don't know. And this Florence team, it's kind of like the rest of them. They're all really bunched together. It's just a matter of of who shows up.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, I, you know, I haven't seen Florence other than, you know, just reading a little bit about them, obviously looking at, you know, some different games they've, they've played and how those games turned out. Um, I, I do feel like it could be a coin flip type game. It feels like it could be a really, really solid game. You know, these, these teams, I think have only played one time in the playoffs and that Hewitt won and it was a barn barn, burner 45 to 35. I I might've been at that game. I I don't remember, but uh, you know, Florence comes in really hot, you know, their, their defense, I'm I'm looking at some stats. Their defense has been superb, you know, pretty much all year, but uh, during this, uh, they've won six consecutive games and the defense has only allowed just over 10 points, uh, per game in that streak. So they're coming in hot and they're playing at home. You know, they're, they're really, you know, you want to win that game, game. And Region 3 has kind of dominated the, the 7A playoffs in this first round uh, for a little while. So, you know, they want to do it for themselves, but have some region pride in that too. So I, I think we might be in for a really good game up at Florence.
0: Guess we'll see. Uh, so, all right, with those being said, let's move down into some of the 6A games. Uh, two of our teams squared off against each other. Pinson Valley making a trip to Mountain Brook. This has got the look of one of the best, most intriguing 6A first-round games. Um, this is the third straight year that these teams have played in the playoffs, which is kind of crazy that you get that. Um, Pinson won it in 2020. Mountain Brook hammered them last year. So um, I, the biggest thing that I think about this game, Pinson Valley has been solid all year under first-year coach league guess but they're about to play the best defense they've seen all year by far when it comes to Mount Brook. So um, I, I lean Spartans in this one, but then again, I, you never know.
1: Yeah. And it's – I've said this before, but it's just crazy to me. You mentioned that they've played the last two playoffs, but those playoff appearances or matchups were a quarterfinal game and a semifinal game. Yeah, You know, it's, it's – I mean, this is just how the cards fall this year. And it's just – I guess it's a treat that we get – a game of that caliber, you know, a helmet game like that, you know, Pinson mountain broke in round one. That's just, it boggles my mind a little bit, neither of which are a, even a region winner. I mean, the, this six, A playoffs just feels so deep and you know, has the potential for chaos, I think, but I, I'm kind of like you, I, I lean Spartans uh, you know, I, I just, I feel like they've both these teams have gotten to where they are um, In different ways, like, I feel like maybe Pinson Valley hasn't been quite as consistent. Um, You know, who is as consistent as Mountain Brook? But Pinson has playmakers, though, you know, that's and that's something come playoff time. You know, you need the whole team. They've shuffled quarterback around a little bit, uh, the Indians have this year. But, you know, they've got a couple guys on that offense that if they decide to take a game over, they've done it. And, you know, we saw that with uh, Gardendale quarterback Tyler Nelson you know, you saw that against Mountain Brook. He just decided, I'm taking this thing over, and he did. Yep. So, you know, you get, uh, you know, any given Friday night, but I, I do lean Spartans. I-, I think they're just too sound in all three phases, and uh, I think I-, I think over the last couple of years, I-, I think that chip on their shoulder is pretty big, and and they really want to make some noise these playoffs.
0: Yep. Uh, all right. Macadory making a visit to Homewood here in this uh, first round game. Homewood is the uh, region champion they're the hot team coming in uh this is this is interesting because McAdory's six and four they lost three of their last four region games but the top end of that that region McAdory's in is brutal you got like Hillcrest and Hueytown I mean that's a like really good top end of that region so it's hard to say like it McAdory's six and four you just kind of think oh first round uh straightforward it's not going to be that I don't think uh these teams Met in the playoffs last in like 1986. So I really don't have a, a good like tidbit that's useful um, here. I, I just think this, this has the makings of a really interesting playoff game.
1: Here, here's my tidbit I covered this game in September 2020 uh, and it was nine to seven. Mm. I don't think this one's going to be nine to seven.
0: Probably not if Homewood <laughs> wants to win.
1: It was that was a really, of course, that was a September game. So both teams kind of. You know, still still finding their footing that year, but that was just a gross, ugly football game. I, I I think this this game is going to be a lot more well executed, and yeah, kind of like you said about Mount uh, McAdory being six and four. I mean, six of their ten games they've gone thirty plus points. Uh, they've they've four losses are by fewer than ten points, so they've been right there too. You know, it's kind of like I was talking about another game earlier. You can't just look at oh well, they're six and four, the other team's eight and two, and the six and four teams on the road, like. That's not how these things work. Uh, so, Holman's got their hands full right off the bat out of that south side of of that bracket in 6A. But, you know, as long as they do what they've been doing, just being consistent, the passing game's working, they're executing well, they should be right there at the end of that game and looking forward to a, a second-round game. But McAdore is going to give them all they want.
0: I agree with you. Uh, the one thing to note, McAdory's defense is like they've held – Hillcrest and Hueytown in the 30s, which if you go back and look at wow. those two teams' numbers throughout the year, those are some of their lowest totals. So, homeless passing attack, going to have his work cut out for him. Uh, let's talk about one more game. Clay Chalkville uh, is going to host Parker in the first round. Um, this Parker team, like we know, Clay, defending state champs, they've got some question marks, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, who's going to play quarterback? You know, there's just some things – they're still stout, and but they do have a few questions that need to be answered. And this Parker team is just kind of—they beat the teams they were supposed to. They didn't lose to anybody they weren't supposed to, and they've just been kind of in that middle ground all season. So we'll see what uh, they've got for the Cougars on uh, Friday night. Um, but yeah, if the Cougars want to repeat, the road starts now.
1: Yeah, isn't, isn't that weird to say that that Clay Chalk will have some questions on offense? Isn't that right. like? The, the weirdest statement. Um, but, yeah, I, I think this is, you know, maybe they got healthy last, you know, this last week and, you know, really focused. You know, this is their time of year. You know, I mean, Clay will dominates regular seasons, but the playoffs is really where where you make your name. And, uh, you know, some of these guys have really got a chance to cement those legacies. And, you know, we talk about the offense ad nauseum, but this defense, I mean, it's been Hoover-like if you really look at it. I mean, they only played nine games um, but four shutouts, eight points a game, just like just like Hoover did in seven A. I mean that that's also elite. So while the offense is kind of you know figuring things out or you know taking care of the ball or getting healthy, all those things, that defense has been keeping them not just in games, but still been keeping them in it well enough to win by you know pretty big margins and I think the defense the most they've allowed this year was 20 points I think to Oxford Um, so just you know that that's what you need this time of year regardless of how good your offense is Uh, when you can lean on a defense like that that's just uh, an incredible thing to have so just some props for the defense there and uh, yeah I'd I'd expect Clay to take care of business.
0: Well, that is what we have for the first round of the high school football playoffs. It's shaping up to be quite a quite a fun few weeks as we get into some colder weather, some really important football games. I'm I'm fired up, ready to go. Uh, so yeah, here we go. This is the preview of the under the lights teams for the first round of the playoffs. Be on the lookout later this week. Uh, Gary and I will be back. We're going to preview all of Class Six A and Seven A. Uh, kind of give you a, a rundown of what to expect in both of those classifications as the state playoffs get rolling uh, but for this podcast don't forget to go to my twitter page at Kyle parmley to vote for who you believe should be the under the lights player of the week and Gary and i will be talking to you talking at you with you all the next month or so as we get into the playoffs um, so thanks again for listening uh, we're really excited to to get the play the postseason going it's it's going to be a blast so uh, be sure to follow us both on social media. Keep up with all that's going on. Be on the lookout for the 6A and 7A playoff preview this week as well. And with all of that being said, I'm Kyle Parmley with Gary Lloyd. We will catch you next time.